Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the deputy editor and chief critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our editor-at-large, and we are doing our big Telluride preview here, a festival that is notoriously tight-lipped about its lineup until the very last minute. So as we're preparing to leave today for the festival, we can finally talk about it because it's out in the open by the time another day has passed we'll have tons more to discuss because each day at this festival is is rich with new offerings and by monday we'll have a much more complex sense of some of the different movies coming out this fall as we head into toronto but for right now we have a telluride lineup which has all kinds of stuff it's got some big studio movies it's got some smaller things it's got some festival favorites so what do you think and why don't we dig into this and just and just uh, give people a real sense of, of what some of the things are that we're looking forward to well here. right at the top we have uh, Manchester by the sea which we assumed would be here it it was of course a huge hit out of Sundance so uh, Amazon and uh, their distribution partners are going to go ahead and and put this out uh, through the fall festival circuit and Telluride is of course the perfect place and they're doing it via a tribute to Casey Affleck and I see that you're going to be doing one of the two uh, tributes uh, to him. This will be your <laughs> first snuck- one, right? That's right? First time they're giving me a microphone in Telluride. I guess it's a rite of passage. I mean, I've moderated a million different things before, but the tributes in Telluride have this really specific identity, especially because they do them twice. There's one in the evening and one in the next morning for everybody who's receiving them. So I'm getting the sloppy seconds early morning slot on oh, Saturday. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. I think <laughs> it's great. Forward. I think it's great. I am- Absolutely looking forward to it. I was really happy when they asked me. I've, I've done a conversation with Casey Affleck before when um, there was a special screening in New York for the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, uh, which has taken on a kind of cult uh, popularity in just the last few years, even though it wasn't a huge hit when it first came out. It, he was nominated for an Oscar he for He gave that. a great performance in that. And, and, and he's it, given a lot of great performances. Yeah. And you'll, you'll be able to dig into those. And, and what's interesting, too, is that um, uh, Gold Derby uh, has put up its, its early uh, Oscar predictions you know, so far. And, and just based on what everybody's seen, obviously, Manchester by the Sea is right up there at the top. So um, it's sort of got, because Birth of a Nation is, has moved to the side a little bit, um, this one is 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 looking very good at the moment, and uh, but, but isn't that sort of a, a warning sign on some level for a movie like this? I mean, it seems like the first movie to get that sort of attention before a lot of other things. It was get Birth out there. of a Nation, so in a way, it's inherited that spot by default. It was really, well, in a way, it was a dangerous place for Birth of a Nation to be, also obviously. So and they, um, they're on two totally different ends of the spectrum, right? But because Lonergan it, is more established. That's part of the issue with the Nate Power. 
Parker, you know, is, is that he was really getting pushed ahead of, of time in a weird way. Who's um, this newbie who thinks yeah, he can make the most important in film In a weird here. way, he's getting more blowback because of that than he might have even gotten otherwise. I have but a, let's be and, honest. I mean, as far as we know, Birth of a Nation isn't in the Telluride lineup. There's a lot of TBA slots. But Manchester by the Sea is a, is a better movie overall. I think it, it's, uh, it's a very quiet film, but it's filled with strong performances. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a very well thought through character study with a, a unique sense of place. It's not groundbreaking in terms of what it's about. Um, it's not it's culturally It's incredibly well-made, well incredibly well-written, incredibly well-directed and acted, and it will be moving for people. And that is the thing that it has going for it. It's that kind of tearjerker. Um, it is about family, and it's about loss, and it's about tragedy, and it is so well done. Yeah, we're not going to argue. People will see. More people will get more information about what looks like a small movie going in, but as the Telluride Toronto diaspora moves uh, forward into the uh, award season with the media carrying all of their attention with it, uh, this is going to grow and become a bigger deal. Um, so you have run a review already of La La Land, which uh, opened Venice. And so all the reviews have broken and there's a, a, a review roundup in um, IndieWire along with your review. So what And I'm you already can... catching flack for giving it a B as if that's somehow a complete dismissal. That's a pretty um. <laughs> low grade for uh, what you wrote was, was right. essentially positive. I thought. Let me let me let's talk. It through was mixed. This a little bit. You the, you, you the, had the, pros and cons. The biggest setback of living in a culture that demands some sort of objective way of processing opinion, whether it's the tomato meter or thirteen letter grades on a scale from F to A plus, um, is is that anything less than a certain amount is it raises questions about why it's less than a certain amount. So if it's not say, a B-plus or higher, then automatically people are going to wonder, why the negativity, pal? Why not giving it a little bit more? Well, I think there are a lot of really great B-movies out there, and this is one of them because it's a movie that is not reinventing the wheel in a very obvious way because it's paying homage to uh, classic Hollywood musicals, uh, and, and it's doing that, I think, with an incredibly polished a sense of style. Um, I, I found the story to be a little bit underwhelming. I think the ideas... Is it a it romance? It is. Well, we know it's a romance with Ryan Gosling as this struggling jazz musician. But is and, that and, part of what you're so, resisting? No, and I'm not going to fall into your trap where you say that I'm just like some kind of a, witchy, a guy who hates wishy-washy stories. And I love a great romance. I love the great uh, classic musicals of Minnelli, and, and I'm a big Jacques Demy fan. And uh, I love the screwball comedies of the 30s and 40s. I think this one actually taps into it quite well. Um, Emma Stone and, and, uh, and Ryan Gosling have better chemistry, I think, than they did in Crazy Stupid Love because they're given better material. Um, there's some really beautiful sequences where they dance together, but the first act which were in which they sort of meet in an awkward way and then she kind of pursues him and it culminates uh, through a series of really clever numbers uh, works quite well. It's not a bad movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit in that sense. And I think the opening sequence set in LA traffic is, is incredibly well done. The final sequence, which I won't spoil, is, is masterfully done. I just found that uh, there were a lot of things about this movie that were not fully realized 
one of which is its ideas. It's it tries to tackle the the struggle between treasuring something old and pushing for something new in a way that I found kind of heavy-handed. It gives um, John Legend, who plays a supporting role, this kind of monologue of sorts about why music needs to evolve, even though Ryan Gosling's character, this purist, loves classic jazz. And I, I feel like it, it, it keeps coming back to those ideas in some obvious ways. And that kind of held me back from really appreciating this movie overall because I found I found it to be a little bit obvious in parts. All right. But it's, well, don't it's, go it's, on it's too fun. long. Don't go it's save, fun. save say let let people see it. Yeah, All right. Including me. They'll have a good time and you will love it. You will flip. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict right now that it may even make you cry. Oh boy. We like crying. Okay, so one of the movies that I'm looking forward to is Fire at Sea, which is uh the winner um in Berlin as a documentary. So that's an unusual yes. thing for well, but the camera. It's camera, very topical for the because it's, uh, yeah. it's about the migrant crisis. The golden line, right. Yeah. Um, and, and documentaries have one in Berlin before, partly because unlike, say, Cannes, they're willing to put more documentaries in the competition. Um, I've heard great things about this Me movie. Me too. Though. So I can't wait. I cannot wait to, to see this. I'm going to skip some of the classical stuff just because... That's not what we're doing Which right is what now. Which is the irony of going to Tyred for us in general, isn't it? I wish we could go. I do. It makes me very sad that I can't. Um, so basically, graduation uh, was at Cannes. That, that's uh, obviously the follow-up from Christian Munju, and I loved it, and it's a great movie, and uh, I hope it's the submission. Um, actually, it's not, because they've already submitted Sierra Nevada from Romania, so it's not the mm. Romanian Which submission. is so fascinating. I mean, I unfortunately didn't see Graduation, but that sounds like the movie that would probably win more people over. I thought Sierra Nevada was interesting, but it's very Romanian in the sense that if you've seen a Romanian movie, they're slow burn, very detail-oriented. The narrative here is very experimental, so it's not the kind of movie that you know, it's going to play like gangbusters for the Academy. That's interesting. You never know. These uh, One of my great uh, pet peeves is that the countries in, that make these decisions, the committees or whoever it is, you know, they get embroiled in politics, like what's going on with Aquarius, which is so sad, you know, that the, you know, the impeachment of um, this woman, uh, Rousseff, who's the, uh, she's no longer the president of mm. Brazil because she's been embroiled in a, in a horrible political controversy there. And they've taken her out of power and the filmmaker who supports her is, is in trouble in terms of the uh, Oscar submission from Brazil. So I'm very curious to see how that whole thing. There's a long, complicated story behind it, which we don't have to go into here. It's on the site. There's a story we, we put up if, you, if you're curious about it. But um, they don't always pick the right movie, is my point, because there's all sorts of reasons why they right. don't, you know. And I right. loved Graduation. People so. don't always see that side of it, which is kind of fascinating, because Graduation's just obviously going to have more of an audience for it. I think so. And then there's a movie that I've heard about, and I heard it might be going to Telluride, and I cannot wait to see it. It's called Maudi, or Maudi, um, Maudi probably. Um, and it's about uh, Maude Lewis, this folk artist from Canada, and Sally Hawkins is in it. This is the kind of thing, it's a Canadian film. This is one of those things that you, and I guess the filmmaker is Aisling Walsh. Um, this is one of those kinds of movies that they put in Telluride, which is so great. And you can assume that there's going to always be this, this kind of... Um, 
uh, out of out of nowhere, out of you know, not on the radar kind of selection. Well, what's interesting about it is it's not it's not entirely out of nowhere in the sense that it's got people you've seen before, but it's not a movie that's been developed. And Ethan Hawke is in it also, right? Right. It's it's sort of it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I didn't even know that existed, but yeah, I would see a, another great Sally Hawkins performance. She's a method actor, or and, Ethan Hawke for that and, matter, and who's sort Hawk's of coming to his own lately. Right. Yeah. So then there's a big tribute to Amy Adams, which goes with uh, Arrival, the Denis Villeneuve, which we had heard might be going. And uh, so I Arrival think... will have screened at Venice by the time it screens at Telluride. So right. there will be initial word out about that. But obviously doing the tribute means that there's an, there, that must tell us something about the faith that both the studio and presumably the festival have in acclaim surrounding this performance. I mean, they did it for Rooney Mara last year, even though she was super young because Carol was there. Well, that was sort of how they got. I, I have to assume that the Weinstein Co. Uh, wrestled their arms a little bit a on that one. Actor. Yeah, I have to say. But but this is a great launch pad for Amy Adams' Oscar campaign. There's no no other, no other way of looking at it. And when you look at the at the trailer material, at least for Arrival, clearly this is a movie that's hanging on her. She's the lead, so that's well, that's, I that's always the, good uh, to see. The short story this is based on, and I'm really fascinated to see. I'm really intrigued by the possibilities of this movie because. As a short story, it's, it's really hard to conceive of it as a movie. It's a, she plays this linguist who's, who's assigned to figure out an alien language. And as she figures it out, it, it changes her, the way that she perceives the world around her, at least in the story. And uh, it's, so there, there are these long passages that are very theoretical and abstract. So trying to envision this movie, I, I, I couldn't totally. But I, so I'm really curious to see how, how it works out. But I mean, Villeneuve just keeps cranking out these movies to get people excited. So it's... Uh, no, he's, he's on a roll, too. I, I couldn't agree more. And um, all right, then we go to T- Tony Erdman, which which is the German film that we loved, both of us, in uh, Cannes. that was unjustly robbed of any kind of uh, prize by the jury this year. Un, you know, sort of hard to imagine how that could have happened, except that it's a it's a comedy. And, and therefore, you know, maybe all these serious people didn't quite get why it was so great but we will and the audiences in Telluride will and the word will spread and it has been submitted by Germany so I am betting that Tony Erdman will go all the way to the uh, foreign language Oscars. I'm kind of curious about that because I think there may be something to the initial rumors that George Miller didn't like this movie. Why didn't George Miller like this movie? There were there are people who may not respond to this movie. I don't think the Telluride crowd is is is, is going to have a bad reaction, but I am super curious about how more and more audiences will perceive it because well, it's burn. Yeah, but it's, you're you're right. In fact, what what we should be saying is that we are going to check out how audiences in Telluride are going to react to this movie. That's what we're going to learn there. We're going to hear it on the street. That's what's so great about Telluride. People see it. They stand in line. They talk to each other. Every time you stand in line at a movie, you find out what the people thought of the movies that they saw. And you, you get on the tram and you go up the mountain and you hear what people think. You just, I, I, that's what I'm doing the whole time I'm there is checking that out. So this will be a real test of, of, of how people respond to the film. Another round for it, too. It's been a while since Cannes, so they can kind of reboot almost. 
Then we have a tribute to Pablo Lorraine, the great Chilean filmmaker who you and I both admire a great deal. And we've both interviewed him. And I have a story which I'm going to put up from Cannes with him and uh, Gael Garcia Bernal. And uh, he's the co-star of the movie Neruda, which we'll be showing about the great poet. And um, again, I'll be curious to see how audiences respond to this very poetic, very literary, very artful imagination uh, uh, imagining of, of what happened when Neruda was on the run from the government in, but in I, Chile. It seems this, yeah, but this seems like perfect fodder for the Telluride crowd. It's a very literary kind of movie that's based around the appeal of the poet and his work in a way that I think audiences will be receptive to. It doesn't ask too much of the audience in that respect. I, I think, think it asks more than you think. I, I think that it's, um, it's not your, your standard straightforward narrative at all. There's a lot of uh, fanciful, uh, um, artful, uh, imaginative material there that's asking the audience to, to really pay attention in a, in a way. Right. But the thing about it is that it, it is a movie that starts out in one traditional way and then kind of turns, it's, turns into something else. And, I, and that's really what made it stick with me. I was just really, I was, I was very satisfied with this movie because I, I think I was assuming I was smarter than what it was. And then it caught me off guard in some ways. It, it kind of gets really into it, into the idea of the poetry in, in a fascinating way. And for Lorraine, all of his films are different. If you look at the filmography from the kind of wacky uh, psychological horror of Tony Manero to this thing, it's like night and day or no, which is completely different. And now he's got this Jackie. This is more accessible than no. And Jackie's coming up in Toronto. So that's going right. to be an interesting one-two punch. I'm very curious to see what he's done with his first English language movie. Uh, based on on the Kennedy story, so we'll right, see. Right, with Natalie Portman, and and it's a blacklist screenplay. Originally, Aronofsky was going to do it. Supposedly, it takes place over the course of like six days or something, right after the assassination. So, really unique setting in that respect. So, it's a real stretch for Lorraine because he is the kind of filmmaker who has been allowed and and has enjoyed being smarter than the room, if you like. And uh, I think he, he hasn't had to try to reach out to a wider audience yet. So I, I'm curious to see how this, the, how this goes. Um, so the other person who seems to be in a really interesting place at Telluride this year is Isabel Huppert, because she's got things to come. The new film from Mia Hansen Love, which premiered to great acclaim at Berlin. And uh, they, they didn't show Elle, but Elle is going to be at TIFF and New York Film Festival. So she's got this one-two punch. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing this movie, which I've been hearing good things about for some time. And I like the filmmaker, uh, Mia Hansen-Love, very much. So I'm curious to see this and uh, see, you know, sometimes a situation like this, two great performances in one year can fuel one nomination. So I just want to see which way. You know, it's right. more likely that, uh, that, but L, L is, you it's know, the other thing we're going to learn in Toronto is how does L play to a different audience than, than can was fine. That was a sophisticated European setting. I reacted more like an American. I saw a controversy. I saw, you know, problems with, with the, the way the rape is handled. And we got, we all know that rape is a very sensitive issue in America right now. It but should be a, everywhere. It is a sensitive in, issue. But in America right now, it is a very sensitive issue. We live in a hyper 
sensitive environment overall. I mean, the way that our media culture operates is like one, you know, well-received tweet can set off a million different think pieces. And I, I do believe that that is probably going to happen. Or at least somebody is going to take a certain stance around something like this. And the movie is going to go to Fantastic Fest as well and play to the genre crowd. I think it's going to have very, very different kinds of lives depending on who perceives it. And Sony probably believes that it's going to do very well financially. But probably where your speculation is going to be uh, really notable is, is whether or not this could, you know, work for or against the movie in awards season. I mean, get reverberations of what's been going on with the uh, birth of a nation in that respect. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see what the feminist reaction is and so forth, the politically correct reaction. But here's the deal. Isabelle Huppert is, is basically the Meryl Streep of France, and she is a, a major actress who is just in her prime. You know, she's just you know, just north of 60, incredibly sexy still, incredibly powerful. And she is, uh, it's her time, you know, if you think about it, she was in Heaven's Gate all those many years ago, you know, and, and here she is still at the, you know, just absolutely at the top of her form. And, and now I think it might be that, that magic moment when it's her time. If they give it to Marion Cotillard, why wouldn't they want to give it to Isabelle Huppert? That's where the question of what the film is uh, right. could color it, I think. Right. So moving along, I feel like uh, some kind of weird deja vu here, because didn't we talk about Amazing Grace? This here? is the, that's right. So I wrote about this. I remember sitting, sitting up there at the, you know, one of the hotels on the mountain writing about Amazing, how they pulled Amazing Grace and what happened. And there was all this issue. They couldn't show it in Toronto or Telluride because uh, there was a problem with Aretha Franklin not wanting them to uh, show it and, and wanting to get some kind of payment or rights or whatever it was. And they must have come to some resolution, which we need to report. We need to actually find out what happened uh, to this. Um, we need to get on it and uh, get the story. Uh, right. on why this is suddenly okay to show. Well, and you're privileged in the sense that you actually got to see it. Everybody else was really ticked last year, the last minute that we couldn't, so. I happened to see an early screening of it. It's wonderful. It's extraordinary. It's back in 1972 at the New Temple Missionary Baptist Church in L.A., and it's Aretha in all her fabulous glory. Sidney Pollack directed it, the, great, the late, great, Sidney Pollack, and it was held up for a long time because of issues with trying to sync up the footage, which wasn't synced. And now that we have new technology, it became possible to, uh, to actually make that happen. Um, and then, then there's this movie, Una, which I, I again, came from no, out of nowhere. I don't know if you were aware of it. Didn't one of the trades actually break the embargo and review it already? Well, we we saw a few of us saw Una. There 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 have been a couple screenings, and um, what what's interesting about this, this movie is actually based on on a play called I, I believe uh, Blackbird was on Broadway, uh, which uh, Michelle Williams uh, started and played played Rudy Mara's character. The story is basically about a woman who was uh, I mean I don't want to use the, the word rape 
in this particular case because she actually had an affair with an older man, Lolita style, and then he goes to jail, comes out of jail, and this 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 uh, setting. You mean it was statutory in the sense that she was underage? Is that what she's, you mean? She's underage, but and he does jail time, and the setting of the movie is, is her as a grown woman confronting this man, still having some kind of feelings for him, and it's it's very unsettling in terms of the way that the power dynamic between the two of them shifts. She confronts him at work, and so the movie feels very much like a play in the sense that it's this very contained environment, but um, what what really makes it work is, is her, as you can imagine. It's just a very intense performance, completely different from what people saw in, in Carol, that, that very subdued, you know, subtle kind of expression-based performance is, is gone here. This is a very much a, a visceral, engaging role for her. So I'm curious to know how people respond to it. It's so such this a, is a French filmmaker? A guy uh, named Antoine de la Charlerie? Oh, no, that's, that's actually a short film that's, that's playing film. before. Oh, I see. Yeah. So who's, it's, the, who's uh, the director of this? It's a, it's a British director named Benedict Andrews. It's his first feature. Okay. So, so All right, I see that. I was reading, I was reading the, uh, the short that follows. So how's, how's, our, how's our favorite man, Ben, ben Mendelsohn? <laughs> He's fine. I mean, it's a, it, it's a what, good... But who did, who did so, so did the trade break the embargo? I'm not totally up to speed on that one, Anne. There was, a, there, <laughs> was a, there was a review that said Telluride premiere on it before the Telluride announcement. So well, they were breaking the rules for sure. Unless think, this think, showed somewhere else already. I think what happened is that uh, Screen actually initially ran their review and then, and then was forced to pull it. They ran it too early. Oh, that's what so it was. Okay. That's just the nature of this environment, though. It's, it's worth singling out, which is that there's so much stuff that people are, are getting a chance to see early because it's just such a crowded field. But then they have to, everything has to be timed really carefully around different kinds of things that are happening. So all of a sudden, we're going to get a ton of reviews over the course of the next few days. But some of them, people are not actually seeing at Telluride. Um, so maybe we should jump ahead a little bit and look at the next page because the, the another significant fall title that we've been anticipating for a while that's in the lineup this year is Bleed for This, this Miles Teller boxing movie, which presumably will be better than the boxing movie we saw back at uh, Cannes, you saw it anyway, Hands of Stone, this one uh, being... That uh, wouldn't be difficult. <laughs> this one being about Vinnie Pazienza. He's a, a yeah, this is one champion. of those cases where you want to know, is this, a, is this an Oscar thing where they think this is going to be one of the Oscar contenders or do they think this is one of the great movies that they're booking? And, and I want to know. I won't know until I see it. Yeah, we have to see it, right. Uh, Occasionally so, they buckle. Occasionally they book something like butter, you know, for right. for, for the Weinstein Co. Or, or, or Jason Reitman's Labor Day, remember that? Story. Yeah, exactly. So occasionally they do book. Th I liked Labor Day, though. I do. Um, the, 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 no one else did. I was the only person on the planet who liked <laughs> Labor Day. Story. Um, but, but occasionally they will, they will sort of, you know, the same question applies to Sully, the, the Warner Brothers movie directed by Clint Eastwood. You know, is, is it because they want Clint and they want, you know, to please their customers, you know, their, their, their audience, you know, who, who, who presumably would love this, this Sully story or, or what, you know, are they, are they, are they making nice with the studio or, or do they really think it's a great movie? Right. 
Same deal with the new Werner Herzog documentary, for that matter. He's got a theater named after him in Telluride. So, of course, he gets he's got in. He gets, he gets an <laughs> automatic pass. Where he does another one of his adventurous outings, in, uh, in this case, co directing it with an environmentalist, Clive Oppenheimer. And uh, even Pierre Rissen gets a documentary. He's got a theater named after him there. There's a documentary about Pierre Rissen talking about his different movie stories. Um, a movie and then that there's I'm really, Moonlight. There's Moonlight, yeah. which you're very excited about. I'm and really I'm really excited, excited to hear about. what people think about Moonlight. It's funny because Barry Jenkins is, works at Telluride and, and hasn't made a movie since 2008's uh, Medicine for Melancholy, which I think not enough people saw. A really beautiful, tender story, sort of the the black before sunrise, if you will. And this movie is is a, a very tender story of of a young black man boy who becomes a man in, in under very difficult setting dealing with his emerging sexual identity and so i think tell you red will probably respond well to it the question is is this a movie that's going to play in a bigger way and, and i'll be curious to I know how to react it's going to be part of the crucible that tells us the answer to that question right it's funny to see a movie like that on the same page as sully in this program and just gives you a sense of the real spectrum of possibilities here and then there's Wakefield with Brian Cranston another sort of intriguing question mark we don't really know if well, this I had heard about this because I know uh, Robin Swicord who's one of the great um, screenwriters she wrote the curious case of Benjamin Button and, and Little Women and a number of, of other things but she has directed before a small uh, film but this uh, this is uh, for them to book this movie suggests that they think very highly of it and I can't wait to see what she's done and then there's a new Errol Morris documentary, The B-Side. He's certainly one who's part of the Telluride Club as well, but I've heard some really good stuff about this movie that it might be his best in a while. He a didn't sweet, use the Interatron um, on this one. Which should be taboo, but uh, ah, nevertheless. <laughs> and, he's, and this is going to Toronto, so Telluride got a beat, uh, a little beat ahead right. on that. And so is The Ivory Game. That's another doc that's going to be in Toronto, a Netflix. With Netflix behind it, a kind yeah. of Virunga-style look at all these different people involved in trying to save elephants from poachers in, in Africa. So, that, so that's one that I think people will definitely be hearing more about. It's kind of interesting to just dig through this lineup and say, well, we know this one's going to gather more attention, even if it's not a total crowd pleaser in Telluride, and these things could actually use the boost. So there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's sort of lurking in the shadows in that no, this respect. Is the main, this is the main, uh, the main, the, these are the, these are the, I wish I had more time to go check out the Marcel Pagnol and, oh yeah, there's another doc called Chasing Train, which is also going to be in Toronto. So they've, they've got quite a few docs. I'm also. just going to try to find it. one thing that I can see at Telluride that you know uh, would not have a life without it. I mean, there, there are definitely things in this lineup that because they're at a festival that has they have some press, that have some industry people with influence, they will get a boost. Something like California Typewriter, for example, which is a very small documentary about the uh, the idea of the typewriter and how it has you know basically become antiquated in our digital society. Tom Hanks is apparently in it because he still uses a typewriter. But outside of that selling point, that's the kind of thing where I'm just sort of like, hmm, maybe I should just go see that when I have an opening or an Israeli uh, film through the wall or things like this that we don't we don't know exactly and, and they certainly aren't screaming out to us from a, a practical uh from the practical side of things that we need to see these things right now but just finding room for something like that at least 
makes you feel like you're not completely beholden to the award season narrative. And my hope is that we'll be able to get around it a little bit. As far as we know, there's nothing big being snuck into this lineup last minute as there has been in the past, right? You're not hearing any rumblings of a, of a big movie arriving at Telluride that hasn't been announced there's yet. There's usually one. I mean, there's usually some sneak thing that, that surprises us, so I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't heard what it is. Oh, the Eagle Huntress is another doc that, um, that's going to be playing in Telluride, which I really liked. I saw this. It's a Sony Pictures Classics pickup set in Mongolia, and uh, it's, it's actually uh, a female empowerment story because in this young woman, her father, who's a great eagle hunter, trains her to uh, you know, ride the horse and have the eagle come to her arm and land on it. And you know, the, the, she had to be incredibly strong and fierce and tough and, and, and fearless in order to pull this off and go to the competition and, and compete with the men. I loved it. <laughs> so so those are, there are those sort of things as well. I mean, I haven't seen that yet. It premiered at spec at Sundance, but this is another opportunity for it to to pick up a little bit of speed. So hopefully we can squeeze some of those things in. But the next time that we convene next week, we'll, we'll unpack a bunch of the stuff that we learned from Telluride and also look ahead to TIFF. So we're, we're going to be in the thick of it by then. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because we know that the conversation is going to evolve. And uh, we're hopefully also going to find a way to uh, engage some people when we're at Toronto and, and do a question and answer session. So uh, if you're a dedicated Screen Talk listener, stay tuned for more details on that front. And, and I will see you soon in the mountains of Colorado, Looking gasping forward. for air. Always love it. Drink a lot of water. Take you some too. painkillers. That's right. See you soon. Bye. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.